Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Colin Squires. Welcome, welcome. Um, so for those who don't know me, my name's Colin. Um, i pastor of the congregation here in Horsham. Hello to those who are watching at home. Um, well done, everyone, who's been fasting. Anyone here, I mean, maybe don't put your hands up because there's a whole thing in the Bible about not letting your left hand know what your right hand's doing, all that kind of thing. But who has fasted for the first time? Well done. Well done. For those who've been doing fasting for the first time. Anyone been fasting all days on Tuesdays? Again, like no one really wants to put their hand up because no one looks like, hey, yes, I'm really holy. But uh, if you have been, just really want to encourage you, well done. And those points where you're like, I'm so hungry and I'm so grumpy and I'm so grouchy. What is the point of this? That in those moments, God is working in in us and uh, his fruit of self-control and patience and long-suffering, all these kind of things are being grown in us. And I don't know about you, but it's just, it's made me recognise my own fragility, my utter need for God, going one day without food and you're just like, a few days of this could kill me. And yet every day, God supplies more than enough. I can eat whatever I want, as much as I want, every day. It blows my mind. And so fast, I just, I love it. So well done. If you've maybe not started yet, or if you're thinking about giving up already, just want to encourage you, keep going and give God the room to do what he wants to do. Let his work be completed in you. Um, Now, don't get too comfortable this morning. There's going to be lots of interaction this morning. And so we're going to kick off with our first few minutes. I'd like to encourage you just to get in pairs around your tables and share two things. What has been a highlight of your week? What has been something that you can celebrate together? Just something you can thank God and praise God for this week. And also, something that's maybe been the low light, the worst bit, something that's been tough. Now, we've only got time this morning for headline stuff. So, of course, if somebody says, actually, the worst bit is, one of my parents had a really awful diagnosis. You're not going to go, okay, well, let's pray and move on. You might need to say, I'm so sorry, let's pick this up afterwards. Let me get you a coffee. We'll talk. Are you okay? But in this moment, you can celebrate the good things that God has done. And in those hard bits, those tough bits, we're just going to pray. Prayer is where the stuff's going to happen. We're going to pray that things turn around, that God works good in it. And we just encourage one another and just do a bit of family together. Okay? You with me? So highlight, low light, pray. Got it? Over to you guys. I'll give you about three minutes or so. Okay. I love the sound of just buzz in the room. It sounds like there's a lot to be celebrating and I trust that if there is, have been anything that's been going on in your week that, that you've just been able to bring before the Lord and pray together that God has spoken, you know, hey, it's not over yet. God has a plan. Now, last week we had Pastor Clive uh, share the vision message for the, for the year and it was really about earthing the vision, grounding what God has been saying over actually years to us and how do we see it in reality worked out. And and in a nutshell, he summed up in these three statements. There were share statements. We see if we can, anyone can remember. So can you remember? Share, anyone, your life. Yes, well done. Share your faith and share Jesus. Brilliant. Well, overwhelming response there. Thanks, everyone. If you haven't seen the vision message, by the way, I'd really encourage you to watch it. It's going to be key for the outworking, what we're going to see this year. And also, if you've got young people, teenagers in your household, I'd really encourage them to watch it as well, because they are very much part of this as well, of course. Um, And if you are not a Christian this morning, you're here or you're watching online, 
You might think, okay, sharing life, okay, I might, I might get that, sharing faith and sharing Jesus. Well, maybe those two things don't apply to me. And I really want to encourage you to bear with us. And my prayer is that over this today and these coming weeks, you would not hear the just the what we're talking about, but the how-tos or anything like that, but that you would hear the heart of the message, which is about who we're talking about. Because actually, all of these next few weeks, as we unpack this share life, share faith, and share Jesus, as we go on this journey, what does that look like? We're really, we're talking about him. It's all about him. And so uh, if that's you, you're not a Christian, listen for the Jesus in everything we're talking about. And actually, this is a really important place for us all to start. And, and I really have on my heart that over these coming weeks, every week, we take a little bit of time just to remind ourselves, what are we here for? Who are we here for? Because for me, I'm reminded that this is all about Jesus because Jesus saved me. We need to come back to the cross and who he is and what he's done. Jesus, who knew all of my worst things, all of my wicked thoughts, my hidden lusts, my worst desires, my backstabbing, my manipulations, my lies, my cheating... All of the worst bits that I would hope no one ever finds out about. He knew all of and said, I still love you. I choose to love you and love you in action by taking all of that bad stuff, all of that sin, the Bible calls it, upon me, upon me, that you could be made new. Like, I need to remember that's my Jesus. He saved me. Did he save you too? And who is he? What's he like? This Jesus, who's not just an amazing saviour, but is far off and distant, but a Jesus who won me and opened up relationship with a loving, heavenly Father. Jesus, whose infinitude of perfections is matched by his infinitude of gentleness. That's Dane Orland. He is the most understanding person in the universe. This is stuff I need to remind myself of. This is who he is. He is the wisest counsel, the closest friend. He is kind, humble, peace-filled, and peace-giving. He is safe. He is generous, giving, welcoming, fun. He is heartening and inspiriting. And he is oh so glorious. If we forget for one minute who it is we're here for, he is the source of our life. He is, of course, the source of our faith. And he is Jesus. So let's not for a second think that what we're sharing is a church, a.k.a. a great like social club. It's not what we've got to share. What we have to share is good news. And good news that is not good news. I got a 10% discount on my next hygienist appointment. Well, we think good news, like, oh, good news, that's nice. You know, this is good news that changes destinies. My life was headed for hell. I know it's not a very popular word these days, but I know it. And I recognize that I deserve it. And yet he changed my destiny. He changed, if you're in here and you're a Christian, he changed your destiny. So we don't, I desperately don't want to just preach. And I know that's none of our hearts. It's just to preach. Here are some tips for how we can share life. We are here because of Jesus and he is the life we have to share. Amen. So just want to start with that. Like that's our caveat over everything. It's all Jesus. Amen. 
So today then, in unpacking this, this series of sharing life, sharing faith and sharing Jesus, starting with sharing life. And I want to start with a bit of testimony from my own life. And it starts with attending secondary school. I was an awkward kid. Now, I know looking at me now, you might go, no, Colin, you've always been ultimately cool. Um, I know, I know. But no, I was awkward. I mean, I was, I was weirdly sort of self-assured and a bit of a know-it-all. And no, now are you thinking, yes, no, I can see that bit. Um, but I was also socially anxious. Uh, I didn't have very many friends. I was a bit of a social outcast. I didn't know how to dress in a way that people thought cool or act in a way that thought people thought cool or acceptable. Um, I, I had a very dry and sarcastic sense of humour that a lot of people found offensive or unpleasant. And, uh, and it just rubbed people. I rubbed people up the wrong way. I had a few people who, praise God, hopefully saw something good in me and they were great friends, but I didn't have very many of them. And, uh, and many of you have heard my testimony of how I got saved. Um, if you've done Grow or you've come to a welcome lunch or, or if you've been here long enough, you've heard me mention it on a Sunday at some point of the moment actually in the summer having finished school that some Christian friends shared the story of who Jesus was with me, who Jesus is, what prayer is, what sin is. And I end up having an incredible encounter with God, with the Holy Spirit that changed my life forever. What I've never shared, I don't think I have ever shared, is the bit in between. I've shared the bit at the moment that I came to Jesus, but I've never shared the four years previously of how did I even get these friends in the first place? Because I didn't arrive at secondary school with them. I think I came to secondary school with one friend, but I left with many. And actually, it was a story of some Christians who chose and looking back I was remembering this and I was thinking about this and things I haven't thought about for years and going Jesus how patient and kind how many times time after time they must have had to decide to love me because I was not very lovable they invited me to come and play football I'm not great at football I don't really like football and yet they would be the ones because they'd invited me when everyone got picked and I never got picked they would be like we'll have Colin on our team (laughs) Jesus for this opportunity, you know, and, uh, and I, I just, I was rude to them about their faith. I told them where they could stick their faith and that they were idiots if they had faith in Jesus at all. And yet they were patient with me. Not only did I insult them in my maths and physics classes in particular, Matthew, thank you so much for being so patient with me, but my friend Matt also spent time basically teaching me second year GCSE maths because I was falling behind. He loved me in action. They invited me to parties. We, uh, we started a band together. Uh, one of my friends, who's, who was a Christian, who didn't drink, and really the last thing he would want to do would be to go to a party with a bunch of drunk people, would come with me and my, and my other non-Christian friends to parties not drinking to basically make sure that we were okay and just spend time with us. I can't imagine he would have found a worse or less enjoyable environment to be in. Yet these, these friends, oh, it's actually really like powerful thinking about how these guys, they loved me so well in action. And when finally I was in a place where I was actually ready to hear what they might have to say about faith, they were there because they'd been there every day for the previous four years. They'd opened up their homes to me. 
their fridges, and anyone who's ever had teenage boys knows how much that is to ask. And, uh, and we, would, we would spend time just playing Mario Kart on the N64, which, by the way, I still love. And if anyone wants a game of Mario Kart Battle, hit me up. Like, we'll make that happen. But we spent time just them sharing life with me. And I probably didn't reciprocate very well. There was not a lot in it for them in their relationship with me. But they loved me. And so today, this is what we're really talking about. Sharing life. Now, we're not talking about sharing the gospel, though that will come. And there is, of course, the Great Commission. We're all called to go into all of the world. But today, we're really talking about another command of Jesus. To love your neighbour as you love yourself. And those things are interlinked and they're, they're kind of knitted together, but we're focusing on that bit. So if you're like, I'm not a preacher, I'm not eloquent, I'm not a great orator, I'm never going to stand up on a stage or in the street and preach Jesus, that's okay. We're not talking about that today. We're just talking about sharing what you already have, who we already are, sharing life. This is something we can all do, right? Amen? Amen, Amen. yeah. <laughs> so next question, we're going to do a bit more around the tables. Um, I want to give you guys uh, an opportunity just to ask a question. When was the last time that you played a significant part in someone coming to faith? Now, there's no, by the way, there's no condemnation if someone's like, well, 10 last week. And then you're like, oh, never. Then that's absolutely fine. We just want to ask the question and actually think about it. And almost, is that a desire of your heart? Would you, would you love to see that happen? Who is the person that you'd like to see that happen with? Or who are the people? Now, for me, I want to be really honest with you, okay? I have preached messages from a stage and seen people respond and give their life to Jesus. And I've prayed with them, and that's been great. Praise God. There have been people who've come to the church um, who've been looking for God or who've been brought by someone else, and they, they've done all the legwork, so to speak, and then I've maybe prayed with them, led them to the Lord, or, you know, that kind of stuff, done some discipleship stuff with them. Praise God. But if I'm really honest with myself, if this wasn't my job, I probably wouldn't have been doing those things. I, I have an amazing opportunity, an incredible privilege, but if I wasn't, do, if I wasn't the, you know, pastor here or leading the kids' work at the time or whatever, would I have been doing that? Probably not. For me personally, friends that I have come alongside, invited into my life, and walked a journey that's, that's maybe led to them going, I want to know this Jesus, like my friends did with me. The last time I saw that happen was 2005. Now that is a challenge to me. That is not the life that I want to live. And I want to be honest with you guys because I need to go on this journey as well. God is speaking to me about this. This is not, I want to sound like some expert. I ain't. But Jesus is. And this is what he is saying. Okay, so let's take some moments just to be really honest. When was the last time you saw that? And then the question that goes with it, why do you think that might be? If it's not been as much as you'd like or whatever, why might that be? What are a couple of the reasons? Again, I will just give you a few minutes and I'll call us all back together. Okay, on your marks. Get set, go. Okay. <clears throat> I know uh, for the evangelists among you out there, you're like, 
three minutes isn't even long enough to list all the people that I've seen come to Jesus. But uh, some honest conversations. Now, can I ask, could we do a bit of a show of hands? Who said something along the lines of one of the main reasons maybe that I've, I've not seen uh, as much as I would like is because actually I don't know enough non-Christians. Uh, hands up if that would be you. I just don't have enough relationships with significant relationships. Yeah, okay. How many said because maybe you just, you just something along the lines of, I just don't really know how. I don't know I would have the answers to their questions. I don't know how I would communicate it. Anyone, anyone there? Okay, how many people said because something along the lines of, I just worry it would harm my relationship. I don't want to do more harm than good. I don't want to bring them to a church service and they're like, that guy at the front, what a kook, you know? Um, so anyone along those kind of lines, hands up. Okay, anyone else for another reason was your, was your biggest reason? Okay, anyone British and too apathetic to lift their hands? Okay, always, funnily enough, gets the best response. Hmm. Uh, well, I'm curious because in 2021, uh, in, in the autumn, a study conducted in, the associate with the, um, in, association, in association with the Evangelical Fellowship showed that the main barriers to Christians showing their faith were 43% saying that they did not have enough significant relationships. And as a person who works in ministry, who spends a lot of my time with you lot, who, most of whom's uh, friends are Christian, that for me would be true. It's difficult for me to get to know well enough people who don't know Jesus. I love it and I actively seek it, that coming later, but that would probably be me. 41% said they were unsure on the difficult questions and don't feel equipped to share faith. And if that is you, I'm sorry. My job, our jobs here as leaders, is literally to equip you with those kind of answers and that kind of confidence. So I'm sorry, but we want to go on this journey together and hopefully these next few weeks will help equip you better and feel more confident in that. And finally, 25% said it was for a fear of rejection uh, or appearing different. Now, the stats, interestingly, also show that this is probably just our own insecurity because the vast, overwhelming majority of our friends who don't know Jesus, according to the statistics, want to have a conversation about our faith. Another big chunk, over 40%, said they want to hear about it, but they might not want to say anything themselves. Of people who have had a conversation with Christians, over 75% said it was positive and they want to carry on. Like the, there's, this, is, this fear thing is only in our heads the vast majority of times. And we're going to, again, unpack some of that in the coming weeks. Um, but today I want to come back to this stat, the 43% saying not enough significant relationships. So that, that would be me, as I said. I'm in the plurality here. Um, this is what most of us struggle with as Christians. How many of us, again, so just show of hands again, if you're like, yeah, I just don't know how many meaningful relationships I've got. Now, probably a lot of you, you don't work in a church, and so you meet far more non-Christians and have friendships uh, far more than I do. And I know some of you guys, all this stuff we're talking about, sharing life, opening our homes, having meals together. Uh, you see someone at work and they're having a bad week, and you say, hey, do you want to go out for a drink? Let's spend some time. You are amazing at this. And I thank God for you. Those of you who have this gift, anointing of hospitality, want to see that come to fruition more, come to the fore, you to lead the way in that and for us to, to accompany you in that and step into that ourselves. But for those of us um, who, are, who haven't had that example to follow yet, let's follow the example of Jesus. 
In John's Gospel, now remember the Gospel of John is the Gospel that is, um, it seeks most to explain who Jesus is. What's he like? Who is he as a person? Um, there are five accounts of one-to-one chats with people between Jesus and another individual. In attending public events like uh, weddings and funerals, eight occasions. On public discourse, uh, standing and speaking, that kind of thing, seven occasions. In small groups together, having meals, talking with his disciples, 13 occasions. So there are nearly twice as many occasions mentioned in John's Gospel, which seeks to explain what Jesus was like, how did he work, what, what, what was his motivation, how did he, he tick, was in small groups, sharing life, sharing meals, sharing the Gospel, sharing good news together. When Jesus saw Zacchaeus up in the tree in Jericho, he didn't say, Zacchaeus, come down, you must repent of your sins. No. What did he say? He said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your house. And what did Zacchaeus do? He repented of his sins. But Jesus' invitation was to share life, share a meal, share share a home. And I think that's also important to remember that Jesus' example wasn't just to say, hey, come to me, but also invite himself over. I'm down with that. You know, some of you guys are really good cooks, so, you know. Looking at you, Imhoffs, we're coming over soon. So we're going to take our next few minutes, a bit of group time together, to ask the next question. What are some of your significant circles of influence and relationships? Um, So we're talking about colleagues, um, maybe small groups. We're talking about hobbies, maybe at the gym, those kind of things. Uh, Maybe toddler groups, whatever it might be. What are your spheres of, of, I'm not, influence is not the word here, just Interaction. Where do you have meaningful relationship with others? And then the part two of that question, share around your tables where God might be showing you you could start to share your life in a more proactive or meaningful and deep way with some of those people. Maybe even name some of those people and just pray for them briefly. Again, I'm going to give you just a few minutes and then we'll come back together. Okay, over to you. Let's come back together. Don't worry, there'll be more time to continue this discussion at the end. I was just flicking through my notes and realised how much more we've got to get through. So, are you ready? You may have noticed that this morning's looking a little different to how we'll often conduct a service on a Sunday. And that's because we don't want to just talk about this stuff. We need to be doing it. Amen. So just, I'm sorry I keep interrupting because I kind of want to just go, just carry on. You guys got this. You, you're getting it. You're doing it. Carry on. Um, but there's a couple more things I believe God wants to share with us from his heart, from his word. So part of sharing our life is opening up our homes, opening up our lives, opening up conversation. <coughs> Um, Several times in the New Testament, we're encouraged to show hospitality to to one another. Here are a few of them. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. 
wow, what a mandate. What a practical mandate as well. There's so much, we just take that and go, yep, I just do this. This is, this is God's plan for me. Hebrews 13 says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Probably my friends who are showing me hospitality. That was probably me. Not, not really. The, uh, 1 Peter says, the end of all things is near. Therefore, now anyone, you might have been hearing a lot at the moment, lots of people talking about the end times, okay? This is what we need to hear about what God's word says about these end times. Are you ready? Ears pricked. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. One. But above all, love each other deeply because, the lo- because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If we're in the end times, what four things must we do? Pray, above all, love each other deeply, offer hospitality, and serve others. Okay? Isn't that, isn't that an amazing just understanding of, you know, eschatology? This is, this is the end times, what it looks like. Loving, serving, hospitality, and prayer. Now, there is something about opening our homes to each other here, too, in these verses. It's not just a, you know, just people who don't know Jesus. This is done in community. It's all of us together. Um, And Rosaria Butterfield's um, book, The Gospel Comes with a House Key, which I've quoted from before. I must be honest, I still haven't actually quite finished reading. So I can't quite recommend it yet because I've not finished it. But it is a phenomenal book. Um, about this, about opening our homes, um, that I'm, I'm, I'm rereading and trying to finish at the moment. And she said this. Here are a few different kind of quotes. Firstly, she talks about this wonderful phrase, radically ordinary hospitality, which I love. The word radical means to change from the root. And this is what God wants to do in us, right? A change from the root in the way we live to open up our lives. Ordinary, everyday, reliable, dependable, regular, both for the people that we are inviting and in our rhythms of life. And hospitality, from the Greek word uh, philoxenia, which means love of the stranger, to invite people in. The word hospital is derived from the same word hospitality, where people come to be cared for and mended and made whole. Here are some quotes just stuck together from her book. Radically ordinary hospitality is this, using your Christian home in a daily way that seeks to make strangers neighbours and neighbours family of God. Radically ordinary hospitality values the time it takes to invest in relationships, to build bridges, to repent of sins of the past, to reconcile. Bridge building and remaking friendships cannot be rushed. Invest in your neighbours for the long haul, the hundreds of conversations that make up a neighbourhood and stop thinking of conversations with neighbours as sneaky evangelistic raids into their (laughs) sinful lives. It's a good book, okay? I think this is key to what God is saying. People want to see reality and integrity. Not spiritual salesmanship, but trusted friends with whom they can share their secrets. Inc. Business Magazine said this, years of pop-up ads, out-of-touch publicity stunts and downright offensive content has made people grow understandably suspicious of ads. 
To put a value on it, a study commissioned by the American Association of Advertising Agencies noted that just 4% of consumers believed advertisers and marketers practice integrity. How many of our friends and our neighbours recognise that we practice integrity? How many even have the opportunity to see whether we do or not? Yeah. And again, if I'm pointing the finger at you today, there are three pointed back. So I'm, I, this is convicting to me too. Sharing our life with people is loving people. Showing them God's love by bringing them into our life and home. People need to see what our faith looks like as well in the bad times. Those Christian friends I talked about who led me to the Lord, I saw them, some of them, getting drunk and doing things they weren't supposed to do and talking about girls and struggling with all the same things that any teenage boy might struggle with. And yet they wrestled with it with their faith. And that was the difference between me and them. And over the four years, what I saw was something genuine. Not fake, not only look at the, the polished bits of me, but all of me. Because God works in all of me. Uh, last year, the Talking Jesus report, a study into how Christians are sharing their faith, asked Christians what the main contributing factors were to them coming to faith. And this, this stat of sharing life, sharing friendship, has dropped significantly since before COVID. So I think this is part of that we need to learn. Okay, we need to get out there and do this more. But here we go, two stats. Conversations with Christians that you knew well, 15% came to the Lord through conversations with Christians they knew well. Christians that they didn't know very well, 6%. So we can probably pick up one of two things from this. Either that conversations with people we know well are more fruitful, or that non-Christians are more likely to have a conversation with someone that they, that's meaningful and fruitful with someone they know well. Either way, whichever it is, it should be an encouragement for us to get to know people well, meaningfully, really deep. And of course, sharing our life isn't just about getting opportunities to share the gospel. Again, I could quote Rosaria Butterfield all day long on that one. It is the right and loving thing to do. 1 Thessalonians 2.8 says this, So we cared for you because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives as well. Just again, to kind of complete this personal testimony of friendship and life sharing that I was invited into. I got saved, as I said, four years after being invited into this group of friends. But after I got saved, I became part of the invite inviter. <laughs> and I saw two of my close personal friends come to know Jesus through this same way of just sharing life, inviting them in, like, hey, do you want to do some parkour together? That was cool at the time. And uh, do you want to just come to this meeting with me? Do you want to go for, for a drink with us? We're going to McDonald's after the service. Do you want to come to McDonald's? It was sharing life. I saw other, many other friends from college come to know Jesus. Now, they're not all of them are walking with Jesus today, but that's Jesus and their part. We were just sharing life. And many, many others got sucked into this group of friends. You almost couldn't help it. And they were nearly all the awkward, the weird, the geeks, the nerds, the socially awkward. And they all found a place of loving welcome with this group of friends who were mostly awkward and social outcasts themselves but who knew Jesus. And many of them didn't come to know Jesus. And some of them moved on from that friendship group thankful that they were more whole, that they were loved well, that they knew that they were important. And some of them, many of them, are still very good friends today. 
it's just an amazing thing to see and something I desperately want to see more of here in this church that becomes our culture and in my life. It becomes my culture. I've seen it before and I want to see it again. So where do we start? We've talked about a bit like the Isaiah 61 app, I61M, which is, by the way, is still being developed, so there's more to come in that as well. Um, but John Kirby, who, who uh, is the founder of this movement, he talks about it and likening it to the Couch to 5K app. Anyone done this? Anyone a bit of a couch potato who's gone, I want to run 5K? You download the app. What does it say, step one? Does it say, start with a marathon and work back? No. It says, start with, run to the lamppost, and then walk for the next minute. It's just a tiny bit, just, just, that was knackering, okay? And then you do the walking for a minute. It builds up bit by bit. So where are we saying that we should all start today? Start with where we are. How can we invite people to just hang out, spend time together, proactively? This is not, this doesn't happen passively. If it were to happen passively, I would have seen a billion people in my home. I need to plan, because remember the cliche, he who fails to plan, plans to fail. So we can invite people over to just spend time with us. We're doing this, by the way, aren't we, with our feasting. We're kind of having a little foray into this now. To join in with the things that we enjoy, that bring us joy. I love climbing, so I just started inviting people climbing. My neighbours, friends, people I met climbing and said, hey, it was almost a bit of like, come here often, but like, you know, it wasn't quite that kind of thing, but just like, hey, nice to meet you. Do you come here often? How do I say that in a way that doesn't sound creepy? But we climb here every week. Do you want to join our group? And one of my great friends today came from, he said it's kind of like this, you know, how do introverts make friends? He's an introvert. How do introverts make friends? 1% pets count as friends. 99% an extrovert adopts them. You know, and he said, that's what you did to me, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I did. And we're great friends. We spent yesterday morning together having breakfast. And I, I love being with their family and together. And we love each other genuinely. And do I pray that he comes to know Jesus? Yes. Do I desperately want him to? Yes. Would I want someone who's really sick to get better? Yes. But that's not why we have a relationship for an opportunity to share the gospel. Because I want to love him. I do genuinely love and respect. I'm thankful for his friendship. And I hope, I hope, and I pray that he sees that and knows that. I think he does. So we can invite people to share the things that we love. Include people in things we already do. If you're going to go shopping, why not think, I'll invite someone to come shopping with me just to spend the time. Set space in your diary. Plan. Pray for people. And invite the Holy Spirit. Treasure hunting, that thing of, Jesus, show me today. What person do you want me to go and say speak to give me that picture and then I'll know this is the one and I can go and do it and in a moment I'm going to ask around our tables we go get our kids bring them in and bring them into this conversation we talk about this and we pray together and we we talk about these opportunities and what this can this can look like but I want to share this just last thing with you just one more minute I know some of you extroverts in the room are going woohoo yes more opportunities to have people around and have house parties and get to know one is going to be great and you introverts are going like my wife oh no more situations where I have to get to know people but don't worry you introverts you have got a superpower that many of you don't know about to forge really deep and meaningful connections. Kate lived at somebody with the, at university who wasn't a Christian who was rather skeptical of Christians and over the year of living together and then successive years, they have formed a deep and meaningful friendship. And I want to share a message that this friend sent to Kate on our wedding, or after our wedding. She, she was a guest at our wedding. 
I don't think she'd mind me sharing this. I just want to read this to you. So you are amazing, Kate. You inspire me to try and do the right thing. The way you live your life is good, and you care for people, and you care about how they do, and you make sure that the things you do are right, and you take time to think things through, and as a result, you rarely make decisions that you regret. I admire all of that about you. Also, of all the Christians I know, your love of God is the most showing. Which I know sounds weird coming from a non-Christian who doesn't believe in God, but just saying, if ever there was someone who was going to lead to my conversion, it would be you. And it's not because you constantly preached the gospel to me or told me lots of Jesus stories or tried to make me go to church. It was because of how you lived your life, which made me go, I want to live more like that and be like that. I remember asking you once how you managed life so well and revised so hard and stayed so motivated and did so well at stuff. And your answer was God. I guess in a nutshell, it's amazing how even though you never preach at people, they end up learning about God through you because you live life in a good way, a way that is different and that makes people take notice because it glows with goodness. We, I want to leave you with this. We know a God who sought us out, took us in, made us family, and seated us at his table. That is the gospel. So let's start sharing it by living it. Amen. Now some questions are kind of come up on the screen. If you want to go grab your kids, invite them into this. If you need to get a coffee and come back and sit, let's, let's make the most of this. I'm sorry I've taken a little longer uh, and we've not got the time to do this. It is part of the service. But please do this and talk about these questions that will come up on the screen behind me. Have a great week. God bless. And let's live this gospel. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.